All this autumn, we've been uh, talking about a very, very few things. We've been trying to concentrate on what are those things that will be left for you or for any of us when everything else is gone. And we took our cue from the Apostle Paul, who said in the end, only three things will remain, faith and hope and love. And the greatest is love. And so all fall, we talked about faith. Faith that moves us from one kind of life to another. We talked about hope. Hope that does more than just get us through hard times. Hope that gives us joy in the worst and best of our lives. And this Advent, we started to talk about the greatest, about love. And we said, we wanted to talk about love that shows up. And all through this month, we've talked about love showing up unexpectedly. Dan just read the part of the story of God where love shows up unexpectedly. Almost unnoticed. And I'd like to continue that story and talk about what comes next. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem trembled with him. I used to think, by the way, that That was because Herod was such a bad king that when he was mad, everybody was afraid that they were going to get killed. There may be some truth in that. But a friend of mine wrote this. The city didn't rise up with joy at the announcement that a liberator king had just been born. Because people have always preferred the misery that they do know to the mystery that they don't know. It doesn't make sense, but that's just human nature. Just because you know you're addicted to doing things one way doesn't mean you want to be delivered from it. And this is exactly what the arrival of Christ as king is all about. Jesus didn't come to give people a holiday from Herod. He came to start a whole new thing. When Herod called all the priests and teachers of the law together, he asked where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. But you, Bethlehem, are by no means least among all the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the new king was supposed to come and liberate Israel and liberate everybody from King Herod. Nobody is clearer about that than Herod himself. Herod knows that to have Christ born in your life, then or now, means freedom from the kings of this world. They lose their power. All the Herods. So Herod will do everything in his power in the days ahead to extinguish the hope that is supposed to be coming to you tonight. Listen to what he does. Then Herod called the Magi in secret, found out the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I can go and worship him too. 
there's a place that you can find Christ. It's not just anywhere. You have to go to that place. Jesus said that some people will come and deceive us, saying, there's the Messiah, or here's the king. Don't listen. We have to do what the wise men did that Herod did not do. We have to seek God out. If we sit still like Herod did, we'll never find the Christ. Back to the story. After the Magi heard the king, they went on their way. And the star rose again ahead of them. And they were overjoyed. Until it stopped over the place where the child was. Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, opened their treasure chests, and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to King Herod, they returned to their country by another way. Growing up a little Catholic baby boy, I heard this every year. And... Uh, This was my favorite part of the story because it talked about the gifts. And that tied into my idea of Christmas. It was about the gifts. Light brings the Magi and us to the Christ child. And the Magi emptied their treasure chest of everything that was precious to them. Unexpected, fabulous gifts. And that's when it gets to be fun. What is the best gift that comes to mind? What's the best gift you've ever gotten? Unexpected or expected, best gift, not biggest. When I say what's the best gift, what do you you think of? Hold on to that thought because I want to give you just a, a little help. We wondered what an unexpected great gift would look like today in this world. So we spared absolutely no expense and set out an internationally known reporter to do research. And she came back with this report. This is Mandy Jester reporting, not live, from Nicolette Mall in downtown Minneapolis. I'm here interviewing the multitudes of people, asking them, what is the most unexpected gift you've ever received? I got a slushy maker one time from my friend, and that was... Unexpected. Uh, a Nissan Altima. We, we were pretty poor growing up, so I got my Care Bear. Probably the 1984 Voltron action figure. And I might be getting it this year, too. Is it coming back? Voltron's never left. My first Cabbage Patch. Uh, unexpected in a bad way. I expected an iPod and got socks. Did you cry? No, I pretended I was happy with him, and I was like, touchscreen socks. It was awesome. Unexpected gift. Yeah. Brand new bike. Ping pong table. I woke up and uh, walked downstairs and it was already set up and my parents like snuck it in in the middle of the night. Your parents or Santa? Santa. Okay, classic. I would say love. Is there a love in your life? My kids. Well, I hope you find all the love that you desire for the holiday. I love you. I love you too. Look it out. I got a conga drum for Christmas. What is the most unexpected gift you've ever received? (laughs) Stuff that we got from our auntie. uh, Books and pencils and stuff like that. That's funny. Yes. 
but... <laughs> uh, love. And how long have you been in love? Uh, about two months. Good, you're going to have a good Christmas then. You're telling me. The most wonderful time. Here we go. You guys have time to answer a quick question for me? A sewing machine for my mother-in-law. Do you sew? No. Well, how's that sewing machine doing these days? It sits pretty idle. It does. Did you say a hat? Oh, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm, my youngest child, it was a big surprise. Really? <laughs> All right, my question for you is, what is the most unexpected gift you've ever received? A new home for Christmas this year. I'm living in a uh, homeless shelter right now, and I found some amazing landlords. You don't even have any idea what it's like to be homeless on Christmas, but then to know that, like, the day after Christmas, I get to move in. So, yeah. I'm so excited for you. Merriest of Christmases, and thank you so much. Thanks. Can I hug you? Sometimes a gift can change your life. Uh, usually a gift is you go, oh, thank you. And occasionally, a gift is a surprise. It's better than you thought. It's unexpected. I'd like you to turn to someone, if you're courageous, someone you don't know, but just turn to someone and say, when he talked about a special gift, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Can you do that? One minute. Just turn to somebody. What's an unexpected gift? One, uh, one person said that I passed a course I thought I failed. Unexpected gift. Another person pointed to the person next to them and said, This, this is the best gift I ever had. A dad uh, patted his daughter on the leg and said, Just seeing her walk through the door. Different gifts strike different parts of our heart. These Magi are remembered forever. These special people are remembered forever, and they're out on the fringes of God's story. They're not in the middle of Israel. They're not mentioned before or again. They're out there on the edges. But they're memorable because they give up everything. They give up their homes, and they leave. They give up their convenience. They give up their time. They give up their safety, probably. They lose their reputation. They may have given up their God. And all that journey long, they finally give up their treasure. They open the things most precious to them so they could lay it in front of a baby who is king of another country. But what do they go away with? We talk about all the gifts we give, all the great gifts we've received, and yet somehow the idea of giving gifts to Christ, we'll talk about the Christmas offering, but that's not quite the same. What does God give to us? If Christmas is about gifts, what do the wise men go away with? The Magi, it says, emptied their treasure chests of all that was precious to them, 
And then there was room inside them for the gifts of the king. What does the Christ child have to give you? And is there any room in the treasure chest? Or are you likely to say, thanks, thanks anyway? In the face of a cynical, materialist, fast-paced society, what would be the best gift for you? The best gift you could get? I I thought of the gifts that have meant the most to me. Laura asked me that a a couple days ago, and there was the childhood chemistry set in fourth grade that I stunk up the house with. There were the the, the gifts of a friend-inspired Uh, to give me, and I was so excited about this that I called him up at 7 o'clock in the morning, woke him up. There were the gifts that have been the best in my life when my daughters, who know me, give me a gift, or my wife, who loves me. Special gifts. But as I thought about it, I feel like God has given me some gifts as well. I think if I thought about the gifts of Christmas, would there be room in my treasure chest for them? Because Jesus offers you a gift. He says, I come that you might have life, real life, life in all its abundance, and not just get up and go to work, go to school, go to home, go to bed, go to the grave. There's more to it than that. I come that you might have real life. Do you have real life? Or are you just getting up and going? Maybe the gift from Jesus this year might look like this. Come to me. Come to me, all those of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. Some of you look tired and it's not because it's after 9 o'clock. You just look weary. You've been running too long, too fast, too hard. And you need rest. Can you be slowed down enough to receive the gift of rest? Some of you would resonate with this gift. Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. Your sins are forgiven. Is there something you're hiding? Is there something that's weighing you down with guilt or shame or fear? either that nobody else knows or that somebody knows and they're holding over you? Do you need to be forgiven and have a fresh start? Perhaps the gift of Christ for you this year would be an answer to the seeming absence of God or the doubts you have about God. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you do, what you think, what you believe, what you don't believe, I will never leave you. Would you like to have that assurance that God would love you so much he would never leave you? The Apostle Paul lost everything else in his life, but he says, I have become absolutely convinced to this, that there is nothing in all of creation, not heights or depths, not heaven or hell, not life or death, not angels or demons, nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Wouldn't you like to go to bed feeling that? Wouldn't that be a gift? Perhaps for some of you, you would want the gift that I have received this year. In the midst of all the stress, pressures, the anxieties, frankly, the losses 
of a tough economy and rough times for everybody. The gift I feel like I am receiving comes when Jesus turns to me and says, Peace. Peace I give you. Peace. Not like the world gives it, but peace for your soul. It sits right over the knot in my stomach and replaces it with a sense of peace. What gift would you ask the king for as you went away? Would there be any emptiness in your treasure chest to ask? This part of the story ends by saying, after they gave their gifts to the king, they went home by a different way. They weren't the same. They went home by a different way. The light of the star had brought them to the light of the world. And as they left, the light of the world was now at their backs. C.S. Lewis talks about that. He said, I have come to believe in Christ, not, not just because of who he is. I, I believe in Christ the way I believe in the sun, not only because I see it, but because by the light of the sun, I see everything else differently. As you walk away from this Christmas, will the light show you a different way home? Or are you just going to get up tomorrow and go back to Herod's kingdom and live like a religious person? The point of Christmas is not for us to make Christians of other people. The point is for us to become Christians for other people so that they will see us emptying our treasure in front of the king and going out as filled people and sharing our treasure with them. You know, the, the story only makes sense if the wise men get there too late. Jesus has already been born. They didn't get there before or as he was being born. It's afterwards. We don't even know how long afterwards. That, that reminds me that it's never too late. It's never too late to go home a different way. Never too soon to ask directions. But it's never too late to empty your heart, your treasure, and receive from God the only thing that your heart really needs. Faith and hope and love that will not let you go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you brought light to the Magi and to us. I thank you for the the courage to go and the willingness to ask for directions. I thank you that they saw you at the end of the way and they, they left everything else in front of you. And they went home by a different way, praising God and filled with joy. So be with us this Christmas Eve. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost.